Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. On this episode of Behind the Spotlight is one of my favorite people. Jen Tuma Young. She's the founder of Inspired Girl Enterprises. She's a writer, a spiritual teacher, and a best-selling author. But what she really does is she's so special, guys. What she really does is she helps you remember who you were born to be, how to overcome all the fear and the self-doubt that stands in your way, how to realize your purpose, and live that life of joy with meaning and connection and relationships. Boy, it was, this was such a pleasure to have this conversation. But Please, please wait till the end because she also gives us an exercise that you can use to help overcome everyday challenges. Welcome to Behind the Spotlight and enjoy Jen Tuma Young. Jen Tuma Young, you know, I love you. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for coming on the new podcast. And you know, I love you right back. And I'm so (laughs) grateful that you invited me to be on the podcast. It's an honor. And thank you so much. Oh, you're so sweet. So I met Jen in a challenge. It was called the Be On TV Challenge with Chris and Jen. It was amazing. But we were accountability partners. And I didn't know how spectacular this woman was until I got her on Zoom. And really, (laughs) and actually, I I think I did more than that. I think I Googled you because I'm a little bit of a stalker because I want to know who people are. Um, and so impressed with not Aww. only what you've accomplished, but how you don't let anybody know what you've accomplished <laughs> for the last 20 years. Aww. <laughs> well, you are an amazing accountability partner Aww. and we all need that in life, I think. And, um, and yeah, I think that's funny about the Google stalking thing. That's <laughs> I got to get better at doing that, but you are equally amazing. So it's a love fest always when we're together, guys. So we're not, we're not going to bore you with our love fest. But so, Jenny, yeah. I was first surprised with the depth and breadth of what you do. So I know right now you're working with authors. Can you just talk a little bit about what you're doing with them? Sure. Um, part of my business is helping authors, um, you know, actually helping anyone who feels they have a book inside their heart, many of which don't consider themselves authors at all, but their stories are so important and they matter so much. Just helping those people that have something that the world needs share, to share, to get it into book form and to get them fully published and distributed so that they can be out there talking and sharing their stories and their messages. And so valuable. I was actually uh, 
what's the right word? I was granted access to some of Jenny's people. <laughs> uh, we had to do a Zoom call and they were amazing. But not only are you helping them get a book out, and I believe that one of your authors just got a number one Amazon children's book, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, she, um, she released it for pre-sale on Tuesday and within a few hours, she had so many people wanting to buy the book and buying the book. So she hit number one bestseller in, in a few categories. And um, yeah, it's, it was amazing. Well, it's, she's amazing because I know her as well, but I also know how your, how your support um, really got her there. But what I was surprised learning about you and being with you um, is your spiritual side and your past in that, using that in your business and being on one of the biggest TV shows in the world, sharing your wisdom. Yeah, well, um, I think we are all, you know, when you say spiritual side, I mean, I feel like we're all, you know, it's part of who we all are, who, how we're born. And um, definitely something that I always, uh, even as a little girl, I have a poem from when I was like 11 years old, writing about uh, fear and how fear can block us and block blessings and things. But even, you know, as a young girl, I was always interested in something more. I just didn't know what exactly it was. I don't know if you ever went through like sort of a seeker phase. I studied philosophers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but it just really all brought me back to who we were born to be. <laughs> all brought me back to, to who I was at birth. <laughs> that makes any sense. Well, it makes sense to me because I grew up with a lot of woo in my house. I think I've told this, before. I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, my mom would do levitations at my kitchen table. Ooh, wow. Like 200 pound men lit, like on my kitchen table and she would levitate them. So wow. that spiritual connection to the universe was yeah. always like, it wasn't a thought process. It was just always there for me. That's almost like my, like I'm Jewish. And I don't think about being Jewish. It's just always mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, so, so saying you were born with it, I think our, the listeners are probably like, when I was 11 years old, I was not writing poems <laughs> about having fear and blocks. So did, <laughs> is that, did, did, were your parents into that? Was that maybe something? Because 11-year-old seeker, and remember, guys, we're talking, I'm not going to age us, but we're going to talk in before the internet. So this was yeah, like oh, way before the books. internet, many <laughs> decades ago. <laughs> many, many decades ago. Many like, decades ago. <laughs> you had to like go to the library, go to the, you know, the catalog well, cards. You, you know, know what it was, was I, I started, um, when I was young, I was always um, curious. I was a curious uh, child. And, you know, my, my parents were um, Catholic. They're Catholic. Um, so there was religion, you know, and I was always taught, you know, I remember, this is a really funny story about that. I remember being in second grade and making my first Holy Communion. And so when I had to make my first Holy Communion, we had to, um, you know, we had to go to confession and things like that. And I remember being really curious about confession and just being asking a lot of questions and we had to have at this one point we had to have like three sins to confess to the priest <laughs> okay wow. so I remember I went in behind the screen um he was because I wasn't doing face-to-face -face that day 
And um, I said like one, one thing, I don't remember what it was, something small. And then I remember I said like, I hit my brother or something like that. And then for my third sin, I said, oh, that was a lie. I didn't hit my brother. And he said, why did you say you hit your brother? <laughs> because I needed three sins. <laughs> so I lied that I hit my brother. And my third sin was that I lied to a priest. <laughs> That's amazing. But, you know, but it did, it, you know, and it, it sprung a big conversation with me and my parents. My parents were always talking to me about faith and religion and, and things like that. And, but I definitely, you know, was always curious about it and curious about where, you know, where we come from. And, you know, at one point I, I questioned everything. I went through a phase where I was questioning everything. Um, and then um, when I was uh, in my early 20s, I, I always would consider myself a little bit of a stressaholic. <laughs> ah, I can attune to that. I got you. Keep going. So, yeah. You know, Jersey girl, um, we joke around that I was born without a doctor and epidural, and that's how I lived most of my life in a rush. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. Wait, yeah. were, you, but were you really? Did you just come I really out? was. I really oh, came out of the womb before the doctor mother. arrived and my father passed out. Like <gasps> I was without a doctor in Ecuador. And oh, God. So, again, I feel like it's all very spiritual though, right? Like now I look back on that and I say, wow, my birth, like it was part of my learning and unlearning. So that being in that rush when I was younger and, and kind of always, you know, faster and faster and faster paced, I really feel like I had to learn that and unlearn that because we, we begin still, right? We begin still, but I came out, you know, so, um, so it does feel like it was part of the thing. My brother was, my mom was in labor for two days and he was always the back one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of funny, but so That's very funny. I was in my early twenties and I was, you know, sort of, you know, in, in, I was in corporate for a little while and I was, you know, always trying to get to the next level and things and just, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know that I realized in that moment that I was in, in a rush. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but at one point I ended up um, quitting my corporate job and opening a franchise with my mother. And we were the, um, one of the original franchises of Curves, which is like a fitness. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. it from back in I the do. day. <laughs> I do. Yes. I remember there was a big, you would do something and then move on to the next machine and you would go around and yeah. do the whole thing. Yeah, it was super Good. fun. It was no men, no mirrors. It was women connecting and I loved it. And what I would realize was that I feeling like I was kind of always, you know, either in a rush or having to get to the next level or next place. I realized I was not alone and so many of the women that would come in, it would be the same thing. They would come in sort of stressed from the day or like wanting, you know, either a promotion at work. And when they got the promotion, they would be, you know, exhausted and tired for more hours or couldn't wait for the sun to make all-star baseball. But then when they did, they were going to the drive-thru more often and you know, it just seems like we were never really, you know, we, you know, laughing and having fun, but never really at peace. I don't know if that makes sense, but always, it totally makes sense. I think we're always wanting what was next. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And um, my mom even did point, point it out to me at one point because I opened a franchise and I opened another franchise. And, and she was like, Jenny, you can never sit still. Like, she was like, you can not And I was like, what do you mean I can't sit still? I'm a hustler, you know? <laughs> right. right, like a badge of honor. Like, I keep going and I keep doing, right. Right. And, um, and then I started to really want to dive into understanding that part of myself. It was sort of like, yeah, wait, I am you know, like that. And a lot of the women that I see and, you know, we talked about, I mean, it was a curve. So there was a lot, a large component of weight, you know, people would come in, they mm-hmm. would measured and, but in myself, I've struggled. I've been every size from four to 44 and then some, so my weight was always up and down, um, these women's weight. And, you know, I feel like we're so much more than that, that number that we tied our worth to that string. I don't know if that makes sense where you. Kind oh, yeah. I think as women, we always are, if we're not a certain way because of not only media, social media, you know, social norms, other yeah. people, the people we surround ourselves with. I, I totally, I've been too. I've been a two to everything else. And I've always felt like, why are my girlfriends so skinny? Like, why am I hanging out with these skinny girls? Like, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what it is, yeah. is that we kind of, right? Like we kind of feel, I, I was noticing that there were all of these strings that we were attaching to our worth. Right. Um, if I'm this size, I'm bad. If I'm that size, I'm good. If mm-hmm. I eat a salad, I'm bad. If I have a cookie, like, what are right. we doing? Or, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm good if I have a good job and I have a lot of money. I'm bad if I'm broke, you know, so we were attaching like these strings to our worth, feeling a way based on our circumstances. And that seeker in me that was always, you know, always sort of seeking would always internally question that, like, why are we not worthy just as we are? And God says that I knew that from you know, my, my upbringing and going to CCD and all these things, but I just couldn't, you know, in, in actuality, like in life, I felt like all of us, we were attaching so many strings to our worth and diets and whatnot. Those were more sort of symptom treaters. Like, okay, if I can lose this weight, I'll feel better. Or um, even, uh, even coaching. So I, so I started to get into, to help women, really achieve their goals at the same time that I had the curves I got into coaching and coaching people to help them achieve their goals I went to school for life coaching at NYU but way back before life coaching was pioneer <laughs> so funny like a life coach <laughs> that was a really a really like a yeah, I always laugh at myself because that's what I'm certified in but I think it's a funny funny title yeah. um, but at any rate um and even in that, as I was helping people reach their goals, and myself included, as I was reaching more goals, what kept coming up for me, what kept showing up for me was that, what if you reach the one goal, but something else happened? What, are we never going to be just full of joy and, and enjoy this one precious life we have? Is it always about reaching goals? And so in that sort of space of, of trying to understand that um, I did start to read, I read the seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra, 
Um, but again, it felt, you know, and I love that book. I love oh, yeah, that. Totally. Um, but, you know, I started to kind of delve into these things. And it always still felt like the end result would be some form of success. Some, that that was, you know, you had to um, reach a certain level to feel a certain way. And, you know, and I was, you know, had a thriving business and I was, you know, uh, things were, were um, successful in that sense. But internally, I always felt like I was still seeking and searching and still wanting like, okay, I have a great business, but I need to get married and I need to have children or then I need to, you know, have, you know, I need something would go bad at, you know, at the store and I would need, you know, some, you know, it was just always a want or a need for things right. that I just felt lost in. Yeah. Cause you were looking for, cause it was, success was the goal and the, instead of peace, fulfillment, you know, being yeah, and, loving and, your family, you know, or loving whatever. But I understand that wanting, you have this business, you're in your twenties, everyone around you is getting married. So again, there's that social, yeah. you know, what's, are you going to marry and have kids? What do you mean you're 35 and you're not married and have kids? You're 40. Yeah. You know, there's that that stigma of if you're back, especially I think back then when we were up and coming, if you were getting into your 30s and not in a relationship, there was something wrong. Yeah. And it just was, it was just always like, I don't know um, if you've ever seen those circles of life. It's like called a whole life model in some mm-hmm. things. Like, yep. You've got, you know, finances, you've got fun and creativity, you've got career, you've got your personal development, um, your health and well-being, your relationships, and all these sort of balls in a circle. And it would always feel like when one ball would be full and steady, another ball might be dropping, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're at the career of your dreams and you're doing all this, but there's an illness that happens in the family or a relationship that, that is floundering or a friendship that is, you know, so there would be all these things like, Oh yeah, I'm doing great. You know, um, with my relationships are great and my friendships are good, but my finances are suffering or so it always felt like it wasn't just me, but for everyone with all these things in our lives, there would be a couple that were really good, but then a couple that would, would fall. And with that fall, we might, our, 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 feeling about ourselves and our life would circumstantially change. Right. So our attitudes would maybe change or shift based on circumstances. So I um, always wanted to, my, I would always think, well, what would be at the core to make us more centered? Because we're never going to, everything is not going to be a thousand percent perfect all of the time and what we view perfection to be it is perfectly as it should be I've learned now but at that time in my life I didn't understand to that level yeah I don't think we can and I think I want to focus on that a little bit like everything is perfectly the way it should be is we hear that from people right we hear that from our spiritual leaders I say it to my kids all the time I I feel like you you know you give that message to your family but it's yeah it's hard to it's hard to stay in that but arriving at that I think is really interesting from where you were coming from and and understand making that shift in your life like how do you think 
if you know somebody's listening, what do you think somebody can do to make that shift to bring that into the fold for themselves? So, and that's a great question uh, for me. <laughs> Um, it's a great question because, you know, for me, it, 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 a few things, but I really made that shift into knowing um, because we know that like this isn't this, what we're talking about when people hear it, it should and does often feel familiar. It feels familiar when you hear it. It feels sometimes hard to grasp from where we are, but familiar to our soul and our spirit, Right. So for me, I always knew like there was something, but it really was in really falling and cracking wide open. And that, and that's the hardest part. So it's funny because when people tell me they're going through a lot of things and there's a lot, they're having a hard time. Usually in my heart, I feel like this is the cracking open and this is going to be good once you get through this period and experience it. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, no, it's not going to be good. It's horrible. And I'm like, usually that's really when we find ourselves when we have nothing left. And, and, you know, when we know that, you know, where we're lost, we're found. And so for me personally, um, we had been newly, I did, I did meet my husband. Um, we ended up getting married having a baby and an amazing guy we're best friends. And, you know, I sold my business thinking I'm going to be stay at home with our baby. And then, you know, we had a little bit of a nest egg from the sale of that business and he was working in his business. And then all of a sudden his business thing started happening. The nest egg went and we were left with like nothing, nothing. We got into a bad mortgage um, it was an adjustable. I knew nothing about this was a couple decades ago when the mortgage things happened. And we pretty much were, we, we lost everything. Okay. And I remember being in the home and being in my daughter's room. She was a baby, baby. And I remember rocking her knowing we weren't going to have this home soon because it was in foreclosure or it was in the beginning stages. We couldn't afford it. And I just knew like, this is, this is going to be, um, where are we going to go and what's going to happen and what are we going to do? And Beth, I can't only tell you that it was a moment I can never forget. It was like a feeling of, comfort like I never felt like the way I was holding my baby was like I was being held oh my god and I could only equate it to being wrapped by the spirit the holy spirit some you know divine force of holding me and comforting me and in that moment I really felt like it's going to be okay and I was so present in that moment, I felt so much peace from going from one extreme of spiraling and worrying to being comforted and, and at peace. And I really felt this little voice remind me of something that I always did when I was younger that I hadn't done in a while, which was write, which was, you write, you're a writer. And I was like, 
wow, you know, where is that coming from? And I just felt very present. I felt like I heard a message to write. And that's exactly what I started doing. I started writing and, you know, um, journaling and, and even blogging a little bit at that time. This was a long time ago, just putting my words out there. And, and that was such a shift for me that I wanted to feel like that all of the time. And I thought, how do I feel like this all of the time? And, you know, it's crazy because in, in that space of connecting in the present moment with my daughter, who was a divine gift, and my children are my absolute two greatest teachers, and then feeling that way I felt, it was a huge shift of something that I thought I was seeking. I felt like I, this was it. What an experience, Jen. That's amazing. And I, I feel, I know that you've told me other stories like that. Like that's been a thread from then to now, it sounds like um, yeah. that, you, that when our things are going on and I know right now you're having some troubles too, that that's where you go back to, um, to hold on to. Yeah. You know, I feel like for all of us, the biggest, what I learned in that moment was that present moment connection with our divine source, our energy source. It's so very powerful. And it teaches us if it's there all the time, but sometimes we're cluttered mentally, we're cluttered, our mind doesn't listen. And I can share another story about that because it, yes. it is very, it is a very powerful voice. But a couple years later, so, so that did create a shift. I started writing. Um, I had um, just a few months after that, I um, is actually I'm going into a different story, but I don't want to confuse the listener to go, how do you go from there to there? That's but um, just a few months after that, I was um, trying to find, you know, well, I used to teach, you know, teach classes when I had the facility. So maybe I'll teach some classes. I'll write, I'll do that, get back into that kind of stuff. And so I happened to be on Craigslist, okay? So Craigslist um, back then wasn't very scary. Not a lot of people knew about it. <laughs> it wasn't scary. <laughs> it was just like a place that you would look for jobs. No crazy people, right. <laughs> it's not scary now, but people will say Craigslist. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah it's on Craigslist. So anyway, um, and I was looking for like jobs speaking or, or teaching in some sense. And I saw a little ad and it was like, are you a woman? you know has ever struggled with your weight do you love to help other women feel good about themselves and you know that was all the work that I was doing in in when I had the curve facility and in coaching and still doing in my exploration writing and researching so all researching this type of, of thing so I was like oh yeah I am that woman yeah definitely so it was like if so you know um, are you comfortable speaking in front of an audience, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I speak. Like I was thinking of the classes I taught and the thing, you know, I spoke in front of people, you know, at my facility, nothing crazy, but I did. So I was like, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. So I sent a message to this random Craigslist and within just a few minutes, I got a response back and can we hop on the phone? And I end up on the phone with this girl and we're talking for a very long time and at the very end of the conversation, she's like, so I think you're awesome. I, I, one last question. Have you ever been on television? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I've been on, uh, I've been on uh, the channel, like they did a ribbon cutting for our business. You know, like I wasn't really ever on television before. 
And she said, um, okay, but, but are you comfortable? Do you think you'd be, you seem very comfortable talking about this information. Would you be comfortable on camera? I said, well, if we're talking about this stuff, I think I'd be okay. And she goes, okay, well, I'm calling from the Rachel Ray show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard stop, right? <laughs> I was like, what? What? So it was really crazy, but it did open. I, I felt like, felt like, you know, it, God divinely put me on that page that day and had me connect with this woman who, you know, brought me in. Mm -hmm. I was blessed to be able to take the coaching skills that I had learned over the years and now coach viewers on their show and have a blog on their show. And it opened up a whole different um, world of coaching for me and coaching in, in, in speaking on you know all you know all over a celebrity like spiritual leader yes i understand no 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 <laughs> just just able to share in a different way right. with people i'm also learning and being human throughout this whole process um but a few years later so so now i have my son so my son is born so he is um about two years old our daughter was in preschool so she's about four my husband was working in a restaurant at the time. I was kind of traveling every now and then to do media stuff and doing, so, you know, things are, are rolling and things are, are, um, you know, going well. And I, wait, wait, wait. Was, I have to stop you because you yes. are the worst at tooting your own horn. You're the worst. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you are the absolute worst. Like it wasn't like you were on Rachel Ray once for like 20 seconds. So let's be real. <laughs> And you were like, so let's, can we drop some names, please? Can we give a little bit more to our, to the listeners? Yeah. So they really know because it is, you know, honestly, it's, cre it's credibility. I think, yeah. you know, we've been on for a little while. Whoever's listening gets you, they get your heart, they get your soul, but now let's show people who else gets your soul. Because I think that's important, especially in the world that we live in for that credibility to say, mm -hmm. Hey, not only have I helped hundreds of people, hundreds of women, you know, get from A to B, but I've been recognized by the media so that now my message has gotten to millions of people, not just the people that I interact with. Yes. Well, yeah. So the, the being on, um, Rachel Ray show, and I was on there a few times that season, I was coaching their viewers on a, on an online platform and it did bring, um, a lot more, TV to my my way, so I was ended up traveling all over the country and going on news programs throughout the country, um, in a lot of magazines, and you know being quoted and and sharing stories and speaking at conventions and doing all kinds of things in the space of helping people to um, really find their center. So as I mentioned in the beginning that balance piece of having all these things and one thing would be, you know, in a great place and another thing would be out of balance. I was researching this whole time, that feeling that I got that day with my daughter, mm -hmm. I continued to research and I still to this day research and, and explore and, and through experience, what is that thing? <laughs> what is that center? And how can we all, find that. So as I was learning and researching, I was able to share these things in different places, um, not only with my own clients, but in, you know, in speaking and, and writing. Right. And so things can you like share that. a couple of those for, with us? Like, what were you, what were you sharing? 
and what like how can teach us a little bit because I okay sure when yeah absolutely. when you're talking about it like it reminds me I haven't thought about this in a long time the first time that I got called from a Dr. Oz producer I hung up the phone and I just I knew I was going to be on I knew it was going to be more than <laughs> once I knew I was going to you know so I ended up working with him for two years but I, it was the first time in a long time that I just knew and I was like I had like, I literally had a premonition. Like I, afterwards I was like, I've done, I've had this conversation before I've had done this before and that's how I knew. And I'm always searching for that feeling again. And I haven't had that in a long time. So I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how I can maybe connect back with who spirit, God, universe, whoever your person is yeah, um, to feel that more. <laughs> that's a great, I love how you said that whoever your person is, because this is how I, say God speaks in the language that we best hear. I really believe that. And so, yeah, you, you tap into that language that God speaks to you through. And sometimes I believe that he speaks in, you know, I'll say he, some people will say she, universe, divine, whatever feels right in your soul. But, um, but sometimes I believe he speaks in, you know, through, you know, my husband likes this hardcore music and sometimes I'll be listening to a song and he's, the person screaming and yelling and the tears are coming out of my eyes because I hear God in that pain. So I really believe that God speaks through all of creation and everywhere. And that's how you tap into it. It's just tapping into creation, all of it with fear and without judgment. So when we look at anything, there is, that is divine right there. You can learn about yourself and through from, a, from looking at a, a tree and I say this because um, God is teaching you through all of these things. Um, we can all look at the same tree and see, you know, you might see the tree as being like, oh, wow, that tree is tall and strong. And, and the next person next to you might be like, oh, yeah, that tree has pretty leaves and it's very colorful. And I might look at the tree and be like, oh, but the branches are a little wonky and this and that. And you might either, God might be saying to you, Beth, you need strength, girl, you need strength, and that's why you see strong. Or you might have felt strong recently, and God is validating that for you, saying you were very strong in that situation, so you see strength. That other person might see uniqueness and all the colors, and maybe they're feeling like they're, they're, they're not showing up, and they're not being their unique self, and they're dulled down a little bit, so they see this vibrancy. And God is saying, look, your vibrancy is just as beautiful as that tree. Um, I might see the branches being a little wonky because I'm feeling like I made mistakes and I'm flawed. And God is saying, look at how beautiful that tree is that you're seeing the branches. They're flawed, but beautiful. So are you. So if we look at all of life as this divine lesson and classroom and learning, we learn so much. And that's how we really tap back into that spirit that that's who we are. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I literally was going to cry. <laughs> I was literally holding my breath. No, I really, you know, for a couple of reasons for, I'm so happy to have you in my life and to have your spirit see God or whomever, you know, whoever you believe in or, you know, whoever speaks to you in everything you do so that I can, I can imagine you, like, cause right now I'm looking in my backyard and I have be big, beautiful trees. I, what I was thinking was, if Jen came to my backyard, she would see all the beauty, but she sees that everywhere. She sees mm -hmm. that in her backyard. She sees that in her kids. She's like, you open your eyes and see that. And I think a lot of us don't stop. You know, you were always in a hurry, yeah. but now maybe you're stopped 
and are so present with creation around you. So you have that ability to really see those messages. Cause I, I agree with you. I think that we, that we're always being sent messages. It's just that we are blocking yeah. them from ourselves. A thousand percent. The messages are everywhere. We all have access to them. People will say, well, how did you get that message? Is it you? No, it's nothing with me. Every single human being on the planet has the same ability to see these messages that are all around us. It's nothing um, unique to some people or, oh, what do they have? You know, do you ever hear that quote, like, they, they seemed insane to the ones that didn't hear the music? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> to, to hear, hearing the music. But well, if you dial. But um, but no, I, 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 when I was leading up to this other story about my son when he was two and my daughter mm-hmm. was four, it will explain a little bit, I think, as I reflected on it. But this one day, my husband was at work, my daughter was at school, me and my son were by ourselves, and we decided to drive around, and I turned on radio station real loud, and I happened to be very present and very in the moment with my son singing loud in the car as I'm singing loud and just kind of driving down a pretty busy main road, it, I, it's nothing other than I heard a voice that told me to look left. I just heard it. Like it was the weirdest thing. I looked left and, um, and I saw a man laying in the grass and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's a man laying in the grass. Now I pulled around, I got around as quick as I could on this busy road and I pulled over and one other car happened to stop with me. Now, Beth, just picture it. You're on a busy road with cars whizzing by, whizzing by, mm-hmm. okay? And I stop and this other car stops. And the other girl gets out and runs to check on the man. I call 911. They end up coming. You know, the man had, had wandered from, he was in a care home and he wandered from his home. He had dementia. He was lost and he fell. So uh, he needed 911 to come. And it was, it was, it was a moment that I will never forget because when he, when he left and they got him home safely and I thought all those cars were whizzing by and the other car that stopped the woman, you're not going to believe this crazy. I felt like God was trying to show me something here. The woman was somebody I knew from years ago. She was a yoga teacher. Wow. So I felt like God was saying to me, in this moment that you were very present, you heard my voice and you listened. This other woman who lives her life being present because she's a yoga teacher, <laughs> we were the only two people that stopped, right? Because And listen, I could have easily been one of those cars whizzing by. I've lived a lot of days where my mind is anywhere but here, thinking about the to-do list, thinking about this. So I have zero judgment around not being present because I totally get life happens and how how very hard it is to find your center but the message i felt like god was giving me was look at how powerful you are when you listen when you're with me when you're singing when you're in the moment you are so powerful jen because you heard my direction and so i know because i could have easily been one to not have heard that direction and been listened by like i said i was born yeah, with your son, but that you, but that you heard that that's I that's I think a different different, you know, uh, seeing the you see seeing things in in creation in the universe, but actually hearing that message I think is something unique and special to you and to very few people get that 
or get to that level of presence where they really can hear a message? I don't think it's special to me. I think we all can tap into that. But I think it is about being very present. And there are times in my life that I am, and there are times in my life that I'm not so much. Um, whenever, but knowing that our power is in this present moment. And I, and I came up with a technique to, to help my clients. Do you want me to share that? Yes. Um, yes, please. <laughs> I think everyone listening is like, yes, please, because they, we all want to have that yeah. experience and that and being able to get back into. Sorry, we all want to have that experience and get to that point when, you know, when we are having a hard time, when we're not having a hard time, when bad things are happening, when good things are happening, just to keep us. Yeah, together. well, that listening um, and that being present, I really believe that all of our power is in the moment. Uh, all of our power, whether it's the power to hear intuition, the power to hear direction, the power to use our gifts in order to serve others in this world, um, the, the light that we all have inside of us, if, if we're not connected to the present moment, it's just not, it, 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 it's dull, it's dimmed, mm -hmm. it's not as bright. And so to that extent, I did create a technique to try to visually help my clients do a visual, sort of a, a visual meditation around it um, to bring us back to center. And I use this myself quite often when I feel like my mind is spinning. So I basically just have, I call it the three light bulbs. And I basically have you, if you want to do it with me now, you just mm -hmm. your eyes and you just picture three light bulbs in your mind. And they could be any kind of light bulbs. If you prefer an Edison bulb, that's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went. I, I three of them right bulb. now. It right. has to speak to your heart. So okay. three light bulbs. Okay. I want you to picture your favorite light fixture or a light fixture that brings you such great light when you're, you know, in need of light and just picture that light fixture. And then I want you to picture wherever you store your light bulbs, like your backup light bulbs in a cupboard or in a closet or a drawer, wherever you would keep them. And then I want you to picture the bin where you uh, dispose of your light bulbs. Okay. So we've got three light bulbs. We've got a fixture, we've got a, you know, garbage disposal area, whatever, and then we have a, a cupboard or a closet, wherever we go, okay? Okay, got it. So you see that. So first I'm going to ask you, where is the power? The power of the light bulbs? Like, where's the power of the bulb? Yeah, where does the bulb... At the base. What's that? The base. The base. Oh, that's a good answer. You know, nobody's ever answered with the base, but that's a good answer. <laughs> Okay. That's not where the power is. Okay. <laughs> but it's a good, unique answer. People usually say in the light fixture or whatever. Um, oh, because I, I was thinking, you know, that's what where the power comes into it. So, right. Ah, see, you're getting there. So the power is not in the bulb. It's not in the fixture. It's in the present moment connection between the bulb and the fixture. So when you screw the bulb in and it makes that present moment connection Boom, the light appears, okay? That's like when we connect present moment to our divine energy source, boom, all the light appears. That's where it is, okay? So picture putting your bulb into that fixture and lighting up. Now, here's the thing. The bulb in the disposal, in the trash that you've disposed of, that's the past, and that's when we start to replay things in our mind and we start to go back and forth and there's no power there. 
we give the past power too often, past events, past traumas, past things that then become how we operate from. We're operating from something that has no power. So we have to, you know, in each an individual ex exploration experience is how you heal whatever's bringing you from the past that you're, that you're using to power your present moment. That is gone. That is gone. There's no power there. So that's your past. The, the cupboard, it has the, the promise of power, right? Like you feel like there could be power there. That's the future, right? And, but how many times have you bought a light bulb, new in the box, fresh, open it up, screw it in, and boom, it doesn't light up. It like clicks and goes, yeah, yeah like, oh, you're, like, hey, right. you're supposed to have light. What's going on? Well, that's our future. And so many times we think, if only when. That's the, mm -hmm. when I reach this, once I get to that, once this, and that's the future, there's no real power there. But we give it and assign it a lot of power. And we don't know because it's not happened yet. It's not connected. The power is in the present moment connection. So anytime, awareness is key in, in finding our sensor and being still. So anytime we, our mind isn't in this moment, and trust me, I get it because my mind can wander. But anytime it's not the awareness of where you are, you just picture yourself plugging back in like that light bulb into the present moment. And I, having that visual meditation and the awareness that I'm not in this moment, I, it's, you become very connected to the feeling of being out of the present moment once you start to practice being in it. You know distinctly how different it is. When you're using your mind, the feeling in your mind is racing and you're using your imagination for all the worst possible scenarios that could happen, that's usually you're not in the present moment. When you feel um, sad, uh, it, it doesn't matter what's happening in the moment. When you're connected to the moment, when you're fully, truly connected to the moment, you really feel a sense of peace. Any other feeling than that is usually caught, brought on by something other than the present. And even when we're going through something hard and we have tears and we feel, because we will feel all the feels, there's still an overarching sense of peace. But if we're feeling an emotion that was making us worry or making us miss something or be depressed, that's usually when we're outside the present moment. So that technique aware and plugging back in usually can help bring me back to center. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Jenny, I, I want to thank you so much. That was amazing. And for me, where what I was getting from it was that when I want to be present on, I need to have that visualization of plugging in the light bulb Yes. because that's where the connection is. And that's going to be really helpful. I know that you just helped everyone that's listening, Jen. Um, and I, I believe that now they understand your genius and they see and they see a little bit more of your heart because Jen's got a lot more of this. Jen, please tell everybody where they can find you. It, you know, all the information will also be in the notes, everybody. But Jen, if people want more of you, where where do they go? Um, you could go right to my blog, inspiredgirl.net. I have a lot of um, stories and tools and techniques and just, you know, personal life stories on there. And then it connects you to all the different things that I uh, do and for work. And <laughs> so please go find Jen. She, I, 
I've been on her website. She's got amazing things going on there, but she does have some great stories and some tips and tricks um, that we can all use to be more present. Jen, thank you so much for being with me today and honestly just being part of my life. Sending you love, babe. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a gift to be able to chat with you and, and I hope it was helpful to someone and thank you so very much.